everyone, Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the week. It's October 29th. We're watching Game 6 of the World Series right now. And it's uh, for us, it's the ninth inning. Two outs yeah. as the Nationals are batting in the top of the ninth. I got to tell you, I'm so stoked right now to see the Nationals. I, I just, Dave, there's something about the Astros organization that I don't like. I'm and, with you. And it's gone longer than the last two weeks. It's just this, I don't know. I don't have anything. How about the hypocrisy of the Roberto, Roberto Osuna deal when they were the ones that said we had a no tolerance policy and yeah. they started kicking guys out of the organization? But the oh, second yeah. they get a guy at the professional hey, level. Hey. But the way they handled everything last week, Jeff, was ridiculous. I think you're the one that said it to me. Maybe you got it from, from someone else. But I think the line he used was when you hit the Astros, they hit you back twice as hard. Uh, no, that wasn't from okay. me. And that, that's, it's like, it's ridiculous to the yeah. point where they realized everybody turned on them through the national media saying, Hey, you know what? We need to yeah. uh, get a real apology. And it came from the owner. Yeah. Finally, he got it done and he, he got it done, but it's been, I didn't, I didn't deal with AJ Hinch very much when he was here. When I did, he was cool. Like yeah. he, he was cool. Um, I never had any problems with him or any of those guys. Um, and then you go around the lineup. Shit, man, LTV is cool. I've I've loved watching Bregman play, uh, Korea. Like I, I really don't know. Garrett Cole is special. Yeah, Verlander, right? But there's just something about them as a collective group that I really don't like. And the other thing is, a buddy of mine that I've known since I was 15 years old is a scout for the Nationals. Yeah. And he grinded and grinded and grinded uh, while going through a terrible divorce, driving Uber, driving Lyft, doing anything he can and kept chasing his dream. And he's a scout for the Nationals, and they treat him like a fucking rock star. Good. And I love that. That's awesome. To the point that he got flown back. He and his son got flown back for three games, and I've killed him that he, <laughs> that he jinxed the team. But he and his son got to go. The Nationals picked up the tab on that. And uh, and I just, I don't know. I, I like the way they do business. But all I know, Dave, is if things hold, it's going to go to Game 7 of a World Series between two incredibly good teams. Yep. And uh, and it's really, really exciting. And the hate now between these teams or what we've seen tonight. Yes. God, oh man, it's it's old school, it cold is. weather, fun, and it's it's unusual because as we said in the last show, I can't remember a World Series where the visiting teams won every game, right? And right now, the way this is placing up for us in the ninth inning, right now, it looks like it's going to happen once again. It is just very unusual. The one thing also about the Astros, and I don't know who cheats and who does what, right. and I know there's so many unwritten rules here and there, but the Astros get accused of cheating a lot. You know, and it's one of those where you sit there and I hate the, I hate the saying in anything. If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. That, mm -hmm. that drives me nuts. As a guy that I consider myself, I'm, I'm very competitive, but I always try and do things within the rules on a, on a baseball field. If I beat you, I want to beat you fair and square. Yeah. Not because I'm sitting there cheating. I've never told anybody to drill a guy or we don't steal signs. We don't do any of that shit, but it, it's one of those things where, the Dodgers accused him of it in 2017. Last year, they're accused of it in the playoffs. They're accused of it again this year in the playoffs. But the Astros get accused of something all the time. And you sit there and you go, man, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm yeah. really rooting for the Nationals. Not only 
for your buddy, but also at the same time, I think the Bryce Harper story is fascinating. <laughs> I think that's great. You know, that How about you, Bob Boone. And, Bob and, Boone's and, been and, great and, and, for and the Boone course, family. And Bob Boone has has absolutely been great to us. And Bob's a guy that works in the front office with the Nationals. It's um, it, it, for me, I, I love baseball. And when you think about your, when you fell in love with baseball, the first mm. two World Series I remember because when I was was a young kid and we moved to Tennessee, I remember the '77 and '78 Dodger Yankees World Series. Okay, but the one that I remember the first time I was rooting for a team that won. And I didn't have too many of these moments with my dad, but we were both rooting for the Pirates in 79. Oh, wow. Pirates and Orioles. And the Pirates were down 3-1. And we're watching Dave Parker and Willie Stargell. And that was like one of the first times. Manny Sanguian. Manny Sanguian. One of the first times I can remember in my life of watching a sporting event with my dad where our Mm. team won. We're in the living room, I think, and we got hugged. You know, like, hey, the... The Pirates won. I've never been a Pittsburgh in my life. Never no. been a Pirate fan. But at that same time, the Sister Sledge, We Are Family, all that shit that went on. And they had those stupid hats with the stars on them. I hated that team. You hated them? <laughs> I hated that team because of one guy. Let's see if you can figure this Omar out. Omar Moreno. No. One guy <laughs> okay. on that team. I hated. Oh, boy. Let me think. Who? Uh, you hated Kenta Colvey. 100% really? nailed it. Why did you hate Kenta Colvey? He threw he- so weird. He looked like just the creepy guy at the end of the street. He is, with the sunglasses? That, yeah, when you showed up at his door at Halloween, he was like, well, why don't you guys come on in? Yeah. We'll take a bath. I got, <laughs> I got better candy upstairs. It's right next to the right bathtub. Down, right down in the basement. That's right. Why Behind the in? chainsaws. You're 100% right. <laughs> I hated that guy. Not that I gave a shit about the Orioles. Yeah. Right? Rick Dempsey oh my and, God. and all those guys. Mark Belanger. Yes. Uh, I remember that series, man. Yeah, no, for me, Dave, I, I know what you're saying, and I, I think about this is the craziest shit for me. When I was a kid growing up, Yeah. Uh, and, and remember, it, it's so different for my sons, who will be 12 this weekend. Like They can watch every game on TV. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. We were at KFMB when Channel 4 started. Before that, Channel 8 had the games, and they showed probably 70 road games. Okay. And then KUSI would show some Sunday games, and like maybe, maybe through the course of the year, oh, shit, if you saw four home games, that was big. They had the pay-per-view yeah, where you could get it. And so the point being is that I couldn't watch my own team on TV that much. Yeah. And put the radio on occasionally, but you're out running around. So there were two teams that I literally saw every weekend. It was Joe Garagiola. It was Tony Kubek. Yeah. And it felt like I was seeing the Yankees and the Red Sox every weekend. And I grew up loving both of those teams. That is funny. Because uh, playing catcher, I loved Carlton Fisk and I loved Thurman Munson. But when we went out, this is like the dumbest shit. I've said this to you. When you would go out and you'd play games either with your buddies or pitching against the garage. Yeah. We were never Ron Guidry. Like one of my buddies tried to do Louis Tion. I think he twists his ankle. (laughs) We, when we went out and pitched a bunch of, Fucking dork kids in Richfield, Minnesota. Yeah. 
we would go out and play these games against each other, wiffle ball or whatever, and the matchup every time was Ed Figueroa oh, against Rick Wise. That is hilarious. And we just thought that was Kershaw yeah. Verlander. Oh, okay. Who are you at? Ed Figueroa. Oh. That is so fun. All right, I'm Rick Wise. Oh. And now you're like, what? But so fun. It and has changed a lot. It is yeah. weird. No, you can't. You couldn't. And I'm not a Red Sox fan or no. a Yankee fan now, but at those times... So as an American League guy, like um, when the Yankees got in, yeah, like I always want him. I always want him to beat the Dodgers. Yeah, and then it's just uh, it was funny never knowing that you'd move out here. I didn't hate the Dodgers at that point, not till I got here. But yeah, the World Series, the whole thing. But I'll tell you this, man. Yeah, my kids aren't watching this tonight. No. They're not watching baseball. They're watching the NBA. Well, you were you, when Jeff walked up about twenty minutes ago. Josh was here with a couple of his friends, and they're watching the basketball game. They're watching the Lakers in Memphis. And Jeff goes, "What the fuck's going on here? Let's change the channel." Hundred percent. You would never miss the World Series as a kid. You never. Know, you know what's really strange for me is I, I get the baseball package. I watch no joke at least three games a day, three full games a day. I mean, Fun. I, I watch I watch at 4 o'clock. I watch uh, 2 at 7 o'clock. I watch either yeah. the Padres and Dodgers, Padres and Angels, whatever. I'm always watching games. And as big of a baseball fan as I am, I can't go around off the top of my head and tell you every team starting nine. No. But as a kid, when I only uh, saw two time. games a week, I knew every team starting every nine. Team. And there wasn't the turnover. Yeah. The team that's what. It, that's probably it. There wasn't yeah. the turnover is why I can't do it now. But it, you're right. It, it's very strange that how is that when I get all the games now and before I was lucky to get one a week. But when I got here, and it, it's the thing that I struggle with right now with the Padres, and, and I don't think it's because you go, oh, you got to a certain age or you're a parent or anything else. I just struggle with the likability of this team. Yeah. And you go, yeah, there's a few guys that you like. Tatis is amazing. Amazing. And then you go, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Fran Mill was really fun when he was here. Whether he fit here or not is up for debate. But when Fran Mill was here, it was fun to watch him perform. Tatis is that guy. Um, Paddock's pretty exciting. He's he's pretty fun to watch. And then, but then you go around. I can't give less of a fuck about Hosmer. Let's be honest. Austin Hedges annoys the shit out of me. Exactly. Really annoys, like, to the point that if that guy was in the car, <laughs> I would have to explain to friends, like, when we got to their party, hey, man, I thought you were bringing Austin. Well, I was, and then I got to Delmar Heights Road, and I was just like, you got to get the fuck out. <laughs> Again. Look, I'm sorry. I offered to get him an Uber, and he was like, stop. I don't want to talk right now. Eh. Uh, not a fan of that guy. Mejia, I don't. I haven't seen enough to to tell you one way or the other. Uh, Urias, I couldn't care less. Machado, I like. Yeah, I do. I like I, watching Machado. And then uh, you get in the outfield. I couldn't give less of a shit about any one of those three guys in Paddock. Yes. So to me, I go well. I like watching Paddock, Machado, and Tatis, and that's great. Out of a Fucking starting nine yeah. at like 33%. That's funny as hell. All right, so here's something interesting to me since you brought up the Padres, and, and we've talked about this, which you'll find out very soon, what the Padre uniforms look like. Uh-huh. It's starting to leak out different stuff here and there. Did you see the color brown that was well, released yesterday? I did, and I, 
I had a guy within the organization text me and go, did we just fucking leak this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because you're the Padres. And I had, it was kind of busy, shit was going on, so I wasn't really on social media. And, I mean, I don't think any of us, I didn't, you know what I said to him is, I go, I think that if, if they did it, there were one of two things that happened. Either it happened and they didn't intend it to happen, but I'm going to give them more credit than okay. that. I'm going to give them more credit than that. I think it happened and they were like, we're just going to subtly throw it out there and see what happens. Let's just throw this out here. And I thought the response was really cool. From what I saw, Dave, I didn't see a lot of it, but I thought the people were like, oh, this looks good. The SD, people were talking about there were changes in the SD. I couldn't tell the difference of the I two could, changes. Thank God. I, I, kept, I kept looking and going, I don't see a difference in the SD. Yeah, it's like uh, Brian Regan does a great spot where he talks about when you go to the eye doctor and he's got that yes. thing covering his your eye. Yep. And it's like, is it more clear now or now? Yeah. Now or now? And you're like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Do you like logo A or B? A yes. or B? But I... I we we kill him for a lot. I think that was just kind of. I, I'm going to give him a lot more credit. I think they intentionally, unintentionally did it, if that makes sense. And it was kind of cool. I hope, honestly, it wasn't what I saw yesterday. What I mean by that is, when you say you're going brown, go brown. Don't go. Is that black or is that brown? Well, I think it's hard on social media to to show it. It's from what everybody has said. It's going to be a very dark, kind of dark chocolate brown that I think will be pretty cool. Well, that thing is, if you go so dark and it looks like it's black, it looks like you really didn't want to go brown. I don't think it'll be that. I because don't think it looks so dark. Someone wrote on one of the comments, because I, I didn't want to say anything because I know it would be a fuck you, you're a Dodger fan. Yeah, what do you fuck care? you. It would, <laughs> well, you say that quickly, well, like I, you're well, ready I to mean say it. it. Is the the idea that it's it was so dark that someone said, "Hey, they already have a team. It's called the Pittsburgh Pirates." Meaning, don't go black. If it's brown and that's yeah. what everyone has asked for forever, then go brown. Oh yeah, it that's will be. that's that's your history. Don't sit there and go. It's so fucking dark. I can't tell if it's black or brown. Nah, you'll be fine. It's like the guy named Yankee hats. The Yankees are supposed to be navy blue. I swear to God, half the stuff the Yankees yeah. have looks like it's black. <laughs> it's black, right? Yeah, you're going, what the hell's going on? Like Michigan the other day was playing in yeah. the rain. And I'm like, are they wearing black uniforms? <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Uh, even the helmets. I'm like, well, I understand why the jerseys are darker, but why are the helmets black? Uh, I can't tell you from the font or anything else if any of that will be fine. But from... What do you want as a Padre fan? I, I want it dark brown. Do you want you want it like that the dark brown that you saw yesterday? Or do you want like the well the, the the color brown they used to have, I should say. Like the uh, brown no. they had in eighty four. Um God, it's been so yeah, I'm fine with it going a little darker than that. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it going dark. And I, I've been told from people down there that that's what they're doing. But they've all they're all pretty hyped on it from people that that kind of have an indication from what the color is and from people down there that have kind of gotten to look yeah at just basic stuff like stationary and stuff like that that's starting to filter out oh wow they like it they like it so you're you're holding out hope but i don't know dave what I, again i ask what do you do you have a press conference that's in what two i days. was gonna bring up next what you, had, you asked you the best him? question yeah nobody says shit in this town no 
Canepa's a fucking, he's done. He's an old fucking trial horse that should just be brought out to the fucking barn and a blanket should be put over him and those blinders. Because that's how he goes through his fucking life these days. Goddamn Bill Center, who used to be so great, his bullshit article today about why we should be motivated about Jace Tingler, please. Please. I, I am with you 100%. Now, and I, I get and I know it. He works for the Padres. Yeah, but I, Bill's different. But for Canop, I'm like, dude, why? Dude, you just sound like you sound like an old man right now. Yeah. You, you sound- just sound like a bitter old man. Your references are killing me to the point. Oh, my God. I want to strangle you. If I read the paper with you sitting next to me, yeah. I would strangle you, Nick. Yeah. As Lou Abbott said, you're like, what? <laughs> dude, that's where he- As Buddy Hackett said, you're like, huh? Fuck. Watch Dolomite. A bunch of hot naked chicks in there. Greatest movie ever. Fucking get up to date. Oh, my gosh. You you couldn't be more right, as Lou Abbott would say. I mean, that's the way it's going. Uh, And the bicycle mayor and the Judases and Fredo. Fuck. This is not anything. Like, what happened to changing the column? Oh, my gosh. Every reference is, is 50 to 60 years old. Yeah, bad. But we'll see what happens. I have a quick... It's not so much an FU. Okay. Um, but it's a very, very... <laughs> it's a thank you to a guy and a, a cautionary tale for all of you. So about three weeks ago, I changed phones. I think we talked about yes. this briefly. I went in. I was ready to go. for an iPhone, tried it for like 24 hours, couldn't get used to the keyboard, too small, brought the iPhone back, changed it out for a Galaxy Note, which has been great. There was a kid who worked, I have Sprint. There's a kid who works at the Sprint store on Balboa named McKenna. Okay. This fucking guy was amazing. Just amazing. Really, really great. And if you have... Sprint or any issues with Sprint, it's the uh, it's a store right west of the 805 on Balboa. And just go, dude, Jeff was hyping you up on his podcast that you were the fucking man. And this kid's great. And so I go in, I go, shit, I got to change this phone out. He goes, okay, listen, I'm going to start everything. Sprint is going to send you a kit to return your phone. Like, you can't just turn the iPhone in to the store and walk away. You have to return it to them. And he goes, when you get that, you come back and see me. And I was like, okay, how come? And he goes, because you and I are going to return it together. And he said, there are challenges within, and I'm I'm not trying to get him in trouble. But if anything, he was fantastic. He said there have been issues with Sprint when phones get back and they claim they didn't get it back. Oh, shit. And an iPhone 11? Fuck. Yeah. So, sure enough, the kit shows up. He and I I go over to see him. He's working. He goes, great. Let's take care of everything. Here's your receipt. Here's your serial number. Here's your tracking number. Hang on to this. I track the phone. Next day, it's been picked up. Off it goes, son of a bitch, if I don't get a call today from Sprint. Wow. Hey, um, you haven't returned the phone. And I started laughing. And I go, you know what? And it's really funny because the guy at your own store 
told me to expect this call. Oh, what? And so luckily I had the tracking number, which showed the phone had been delivered. I gave them all the information. They've cleared my account. But just word of warning for any of you, if you have to do that where they want you to return your phone, man, hang on to that receipt. Make sure you have the serial number of the box written down, tracking number, all of those things, and protect yourself because if it comes your word against their word, you're dead. Yeah. And you're going to be out X amount for those phones. But I have everything that shows, and plus he did it with me. So I didn't, it's not my word where I go, well, I went to the UPS store. The The manager did it for me. And shit, David's phones are expensive now. Yeah, they are. You know, it's funny is, uh, and people have been saying this about Apple forever. I have, uh, I have the iPhone from last year, not not the newest one. But the the one I bought, I bought it about 13 months ago. And it seems like anyone will have the same story where it feels like you do that update. Hey, it's time for an update on your yeah. phone. And the second you do that update, it feels like your phone runs like shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, man, I don't get calls for anything. I think you've called me. My wife yeah. called. The two people I talk to the most are, are Jeff and my wife. And the two people I can't ever seem to fucking talk to. Always seems to break out in the last month is my, my fucking iPhone. And to the yeah. point where you know they want you to go in and get the new one. Right. Which and phone is that that you have it's right the, there? It's the 10, I guess, or 10. the X or whatever. I don't know yeah. what the fuck. It's the one from uh, from last year. Okay. And so it just, it, you sit there and you say, dude, I paid all this fucking money for a phone. Should last more than one fucking year. What the hell's going on? But I know everyone says the same thing. Those updates feel like you're throwing viruses in your fucking phone. Yeah. When I talk to my wife, it sounds like I'm talking to a goddamn cartoon character. <laughs> I can't ever say one fucking thing she says. Look, I I had an iPhone for a couple of years. I, I know people that get so invested in their phone and it's only a google phone or i only use an iphone or i couldn't give less of a fuck okay yeah yeah. they have battery life right yeah can you run Pornhub on it that's it without fucking you know (laughs) all of your numbers being in i just read it for the articles um there are no articles what is that why i'm on there for like two hours a night God damn, I'm just trying to find a Terminator movie review. Um, but yeah, anyways, this dude at Sprint, nicest fucking guy in the yeah. world. And I just, I couldn't be more appreciative that he warned me that it was coming. Because Dave, I would have done what I always do. Clutter, fucking yeah. throw it away. And I would have been completely jammed up. And uh, and this guy looked out for me. So a shout out to him, McKenna, at the, uh, at the store on Balboa. Right, yeah, just west of the 805. I was just uh, a fucking great dude. I was just with uh, uh, right before I saw you, I had dinner with one of my old college roommates. I haven't haven't seen him in years, and and he just happened to be working in San Diego for the day. And he said, You want to meet for dinner? And uh, a couple things came up in in conversation. Were one is he's 50 years old, okay? okay, and he's ready to his wife and him are ready to have another kid. Whoa! I know he's freaking out about it. Okay, she he has a younger wife and he's freaking out about it. He already has one that's five years old, and he thought he was old when he had that one. And he's like, "Man, fifty! What the hell am I doing?" And going, I, we British know what you're doing. And I said, "Well, have you ever thought about going the adoption route?" He goes, oh, "I don't want to do that." Next thing you know, they're going to look at my computer and see how much porn I'm looking <laughs> at. And he first thing he brings up is the porn thing. You know, <laughs> I get to, they're going to look up to see if you're looking at porn. 
man, I can't take that chance. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's yeah. sitting here, he's sitting here telling me, but so, so here's kind of funny. The bill comes. Yeah. All right. And, uh, the waitress we have is a, is a pretty girl. And, and I said, Hey, I got it. He goes, no, he goes, every time we go out, you always pay. He goes, he goes, I'll tell you what, we'll split it. So we both put our credit cards down. Mm-hmm. Bill comes back and then I, I say to him, what are you tipping? Because I definitely don't want to tip less than you. Yeah. And he goes, I'm going 20% just for the tits, he says to me. He goes, if we had the guy, Whoa. 10%. But because it was that girl, I'm going 20. And I, <laughs> and I started laughing. And I, I said, do you plan on ever talking over again? He goes, no. And he goes, but I'm giving her 20. And I said, okay, as long as we're on the same page. Do, when you split a bill, do you ever ask the guy or person you're with to go, what are you tipping? Is that a, is that a strange question to ask? Do you ever no. worry about being being less than the guy you're with? Um. Um, no, it's fine. We had a deal last week. We had a team dinner, not team dinner, but just, uh, the, the three guys on my team, we went, uh, for beers and a beer and a burger for Monday night football. But the thing that makes sense is if you do it, get separate checks. It works out great for the waiter. He doesn't give a shit. And every one of you are tipping him twenty percent. Yeah. Well, we, we just what we did is we just it was a sushi place, so we just ordered a bunch of sushi and split it. Actually, uh, I, I probably ate seventy five percent of it. He was doing most of the talking. Yeah. No, we just go, and it happens in a couple of weeks because I I leave in two weeks and we're gone, and it's a company thing. Funniest shit ever. Do you have Stern on today? Do you have Stern I did. Talking I heard about, Stern. Do you hear him talking about JD and the dinner? No. Dude, this fucking guy. <laughs> they went to Dan Tana's. Yeah. The bill was six hundred bucks. Everybody gave him money. He put it on his credit card. Then he expensed it out. Oh. To serious. And nobody said, wait a minute, you're double dipping. Yeah, exactly. Nobody nobody caught it on the show. But the funniest shit was that everybody kicked in 100, but he shook Ralph down for 150. <laughs> so if you're, like, it may not mean anything to you if you're not a Stern fan. I'm glad he got Ralph. Good. Dude, it was so funny because Ralph just kept saying, I'm telling you, I got fucked. <laughs> And they were like going back and forth on the math. No, this happened and that happened. And all of a sudden, Ralph's like, I'm still getting fucked. <laughs> and it was great. And uh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Dude, that funny, far, funny part is that he, uh, he expensed it. That's as funny yeah. as hell. I love it. Uh, um, that, is, that is too damn good. Now, just curious to know, have you ever had a person pull this move on you? If, let's say you leave a tip and someone thinks in their mind you didn't tip enough and then they oh add God, to yeah. your tip and then I and mean, that's a huge fuck you of hey you cheap fuck that's what they're basically saying to you if somebody goes and puts money behind you so when i started dating my wife her father-in-law who's persian came to town and he and i went to lake murray cafe and she was all nervous about it dave you know my father-in-law outspoken trump guy loud laughs at his own jokes just a hundred percent of pain in the ass, but funny as shit, right? So we go to Lake Murray Cafe, and this is like when we first met. And my father-in-law sells suits, and uh, he goes, "I got it, I got it." I go, "Okay, I'll leave the tip." And he said to me, "Die, you don't tip enough." Oh, really? I I swear to God, it struck me so funny. Like, all right, fuck you, leave the yeah, tip. You do it, do it all. Yeah. So I, but I. His daughter was mortified. 
I knew he was just fucking around. He was just having fun. And he was like, no, I got it. He covered it. But it was great. Uh, I, I couldn't give less of a shit. Like, to me, when you go into a restaurant, here's the thing. If, if they're cool and they're attentive and nice, the shit that makes me crazy is if my kids leave a big mess. Yeah. I hate that. Because I'm always like, yeah, don't leave a big fucking yeah. mess. Like, if you're there at a restaurant, what we always kind of do is at the end, we'll just kind of stack shit up, throw napkins there. I'm like, these guys, there's goddamn crumbs all over the place. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What happened to you? You're like fucking birds. Fucking cookie monster. Right. Yeah. I'm like, just push that shit onto your hand and throw it on the plate. We push it over there. But I'm always like... uh, if the waters and and you're cool and you get the order right and all that shit. Yeah. 20%. Yeah. I'm just like, it's 20. It's like, that's it. But if it's not bad, I don't know you shit. I I would never stiff anybody. No, I've never stiffed anyone. But I just, I round everything up to keep my bank account clean. Like I'm fucking nine years old doing fourth grade math at uh, at the gas station trying to get it right to zero. I love that game. Try it at Arco. Try it at Arco where they charge you 35 cents. You think you're all good. You want to be cocky playing that game, rounding it up to 40 bucks. Do it at Arco where you got to calculate in that 35 cent for the debit. Now you're really talking. I love that game. Because the thing is. You got a little OCD, man. That card better come out with a zero at the end. That's funny as shit. Yeah. When you do it, and the girl working the shell station is so bored, yeah, right, and she's like four sixty two, and you're like, all right, let me get thirty five thirty eight on four. She punches it in, and her she sees it go to forty. Her little nipples just go ka-ching. <laughs> hey, what do you know? <laughs> but then you're like, well, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna take her to Dave's house and be like, hey, Dave, this is uh, Carla. Yeah, oh, where'd you meet Carla? She works at the Shell on Euclid. <laughs> Fucking tell her I got your number, Carla. He rounded up to forty. Oh my god, that's so funny, dude. Uh, um, I did something yesterday that I've never done in all the years I've been in San Diego. I've been in you San were Diego. normal. Normal. Thirty thirty years I've been in San Diego. Last night I stayed at the Hotel Del. Oh shit! Nice. Have you ever stayed at the Hotel Del? I have never stayed there. Our buddy Tommy Sablon. Wrote a thing today about staying in the haunted room. I've been there a million times. Which is the haunted room? We were on the third floor, which everyone said that is the the haunted floor. I don't know the number. He wrote a thing about it today. Uh, I don't know the number, but I worked on on the island for a year. Been in the Dell for Christmas parties and weddings and company parties. Yeah, I've been in there a million times. Oh, what a great place, man. So here's the deal. How much do you think it was a night? Oh shit, that's a good question. I we've done there, there's two rates. There's one with a beach view, with ocean view, okay. and then there's one without it. Okay, we had one without it. Uh, I gotta imagine now. Where are? Let me think about where we are. We're at the end of October. You're there on a Monday night, so it's not considered season. Dave, I gotta figure. You're looking at three fifty a night. Six hundred. Six hundred for the Dell. They jack you off? Did Bob Kraft's chicks come in there? That's funny. That's exactly what I said. Twice? I go, for 600 I should be able to call downstairs to get jerked off anytime I want. <laughs> that is insane. 
What that, the fuck? Yeah, I didn't pay for it. It was uh, my wife had a had a conference there for three days, so she was listen, there for three days. Okay. Listen, the Dell's nice. You're not fucking six hundred dollars a night. It was six hundred bucks a night. No, no, yeah, I yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying my yeah. message is to the Dell. Okay, yeah, exactly. You can well, go to the VMR across the street. Twelve hundred for the ocean view. Twelve hundred. If you want to see the ocean, twelve hundred. Can we have that shit? That's fucking stupid. Okay, so how much was it for parking? Oh, I bet it's forty bucks a night. A little higher, fifty bucks. See, that's bullshit. It too. is bullshit. Because I because she was yeah. there three nights and I just went for one night. Why wouldn't and anybody put up with? I was that like, shit? hell, I've never been to Dell. I want to see what I want to see what the yeah. rooms are like. So I said, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll drive down there and I'll, I'll stay the night and then come yeah. back tomorrow morning and feed the dog. Yeah, it was fifty bucks to park my car. Oh, what a joke! Yeah, fuck that. That's what I'm, fuck dude. I'm with place. you. Six hundred and fifty bucks. Why do for, we put up with? I was that there shit? for eight hours. Six hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, why the fuck is anybody putting up with that shit? Is Do that crazy? Yeah, and stop with the bullshit about hey, you going to the Dell to see the lights? No, <laughs> the fuck, <laughs> not Nelson Mandela. I didn't just get released from prison where I'm like, oh, I fucking spent every Christmas with my rat. Yeah, I'd love to see- fuck the Dell. Yeah, can you believe that? Where's that? Where's that bullshit street down here? What is it, Santa Claus Avenue or whatever? Candy it is? Cane Lane. Yeah, that shit. Go down there, <laughs> dude. There's that that place. Listen, Candy Cane Lane down here in Chula yeah. Vista. They do one in Claremont. I think there's one up like RB area. When that shit comes around, stop benefiting all these assholes that are embarrassing our city with their over the top prices. And go to these little neighborhood places. Because yeah. here's the great thing. There's going to be some little dork kid, probably a little ginger. <laughs> he's going to be out there selling watered-down, lukewarm, yeah. hot chocolate for a buck. Yeah. Fucking hook the kid up. That's it. You're absolutely right. And you right. walk around. There's always somebody pushing like a triple baby stroller. And just look in that stroller and try to figure out, God, there's three babies in there. Which one's the ugliest? <laughs> It's so fun. Yeah, don't go. Fuck that. that I hate cr- that shit. Yeah, that is that is. And fuck, fuck any hotel that charges you to park, too. Yeah, no Man, kidding. Man, you got some fucking balls on you, kid. You are not kidding. Here's here's the crazy, here's the craziest damn thing. All right. Is you walk down the hallway and you're like, I swear to God, I'm falling towards the, the right. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm falling yeah. over. I'm like, I haven't had a drink, but yeah. I'm like, I know this hotel's old, but fuck, man, I don't know. It feels, doesn't feel like it's very safe. And then you get in your room and it feels the same way. And then really? as you walk to the restroom, it like goes up. I mean, if you did have a couple of drinks, you're going face first, right? Into like, the that, uh, like that video, that guy that we had on uh, social media about two weeks ago. Yeah. Where the guy was trying to go up the circular staircase. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's exactly it. So here's here's the funny thing is this thing was built in 1888. Okay? The Dell. The Dell. Yeah. When you go to put your key in the fucking door, I swear to God, it's it's two feet off the ground. It's like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You like, that, do they have the old style keys? Yeah, no. Like they, your fucking no. Harry Houdini? No, they got the credit card, but at the same time, it, it's like, all right, I understand the average man has grown since 1888, yeah. but holy shit, dude, what was the average man back in the day? Four, eight? Well, it's so low. Yeah. You've just, It's not like you got to get on your knees to do it. Man, I... Uh... So two weeks from tomorrow, I go back to Toronto. Yeah. Back for a week. I will not mention the hotel chain because they don't sponsor us. But I swear to God, they're so great. 
there's just certain hotel chains where you go, this place is great. Yeah. And company books it and off you go. But like they see us twice a year. We're always in town for a week. There's always about 10 of us that show up on the trip. And it's just cool, man. Like you get in and well, you were only there for a night. One night. But when you go for a hotel, give me your give me your your deal when you get into a hotel. If you're going to be there for a couple of days, are you living out of the bag or are you getting everything unpacked and thrown in the drawers? Okay, I used to be one of those guys that just lived out of the bag. Yeah. And then my wife was one of those as soon as you go into the room, you immediately have to throw everything in the closet, the drawers. You got to use right. everything. And she would get upset. Put the suitcase away. What are you doing? And and the whole deal. But so since being with her, I've kind of gotten the habit of going that route. But I used to just be, I'll just pull everything out of the suitcase when I need it. Yeah. Man, I this is my go-to move right now. Yeah. That's awesome. I take the earliest flight that I can because I'll usually that way get in. You get in at a time when you can check into your room. Yeah. You check in. You go up. And Dave, for me, because I'll be there for a week, everything's unpacked, put everything up, shirt's got to be hung up, all yeah, that shit. Course. Just get it all done. And then if you can crash out, and if you can crash out for an hour, not much more than that, because you crash out more than that, then you're fucked up. <laughs> but if you can crash out for like an hour and then get up before you, right, you're getting, I think I get in uh, like two Get to Hotel 3, crash out, take a shower, and now you're downstairs in the lobby at 5.30. Dude, you feel like a million bucks. And you have none of that bullshit from yeah. traveling, little brat kids sneezing on you. Here's the other thing, too. Next time you fly, notice this. I was telling this to Josh tonight. No matter what airline you fly, I'm going to give you a free little travel hint. If one of the flight attendants has a scarf tied around her neck, look out, because she's going to be a bitch. Yeah. The other two you're going to look at, and you're like, God damn, that's a lot of camel unfiltered on that one. You <laughs> can just see. But for the most part, they're cool. You know, Dave, you order a ginger ale, they're probably going to give you a cup of ice, and they may just give you the can. Yeah, that's 75 the best, cent, they just give you the can. Yeah, 75-cent investment in you for your $800 ticket, and you feel like she just fucking, you know, true. like you won both showcases. God, what, I get the can? <laughs> that's but, exactly how it is. Right? But yes. when you get that bitch with the scarf, <laughs> she's not going to acknowledge you. She's going to acknowledge the guy in the middle seat. She's just going to fucking throw something at you or drop it on you if you're an aisle guy. You're not that cool aisle yeah. guy. I fly a lot more than you do. And I'm just telling you, she's going to be a bitch. It's my free. I say it to my buddy. I say it to my buddy as soon as we get on the plane. We're like, what section does she have? We're like, well, we can't move. We got reserved seats. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That if you so got one of the funny. attendants with the scarf, nine out of ten times, she's going to be a complete, unadulterated bitch. By the way, yeah. male, female, kids, doesn't matter. Pregnant lady, fuck you. That's true. Right? Should have adopted. She's going to hate you. Yeah. My uh, my worst hotel story, which I'll never forget the rest of my life, is the one with you in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the Mandalay Bay. <laughs> Dumbest guy 
in the history of- But before we get into this, you got to remember, my parents stayed in the shittiest fucking motels when Red I was roof. a kid. Red Roof. I would have killed for the Red Roof. We stayed at places called the Penny Pincher Motel. Yeah. Sleep Cheap Motel. We stayed in places. I was telling my sister this the other day. We literally stayed in places where high school kids would stay for 15 minutes to get yeah. laid and check out. Quarter in the bed. Yeah. Right next to the fucking freeway. Highway every time. Yeah. Yeah. They were my, I never understood why my parents Sticky were so fucking cheap. in. Dude, you aren't kidding. They're so always next to a liquor store. Right. Yeah. I have no idea why we always stayed in shitty places. So What's you and I went it? to the Mandalay Bay yeah. in 2004, I think it was, Yeah, for the World Series of Poker. We didn't go to one poker game. No. We, didn't go, no. <laughs> we go in, Mandalay Bay, and Dave calls me like immediately, and I'm checked in. I go, God, this may be, we're up high, too. We're Super like, high. Like the 30th floor, yeah. 40th floor, somewhere. We're up high. It was great. And uh, full view, the strip. Dave calls and he's like, this place fucking sucks. And I go, what? Place is great. And he goes, how do you figure it's great? We got to pull out bed. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's a goddamn pull out bed. How much are we paying for this? It's a pull out bed. And I go, dude, there's a door right there. Open that door. I go, not opening that door into somebody else's room, asshole. Nice try. Yeah, that'd be great. And I just walk in. I could just open the fucking door. Open the, oh shit, I got a bedroom. I'm like, yeah, and a fucking bathroom. Yeah, we had a full suite. Yes. We each had our own suite. Yes. I thought and I had, Dave thought he had just the front room yeah. where there's just a couch and like a 18 inch TV. <laughs> I did. You thought he got. Like that, these shitty little studio apartments now that are in Little Italy. That's exactly what I thought yeah, I had. Like, we got fucked, and I'm going to tell anybody who listens. And I was so afraid to open that fucking door because I thought it was going to go right into some into asshole's room. Into a shotgun. Room. Bo yeah. Svensson, <laughs> walking tall. Oh, what the fuck are you doing here? He just fucking shoots you. All right. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, shit. That was it. We didn't go. That was a crazy ass trip, dude. We, I got, we didn't go to one fucking poker tournament. Then no, we went to that. We, I think we swear to God, we ran into the mafia at that strip club. Don't mention the name of it. <laughs> Woo. I tell you what. Yeah. I, I, I say this as much as we bullshit on this show. I'll ask you. Yeah. There, I, like in hindsight, they had no reason why they would ever need to have taken us out. Yes. But there was, I mean, it's not like we were down in Mexico and we were fucking, you know, playing tennis, like with the cartel or whatever, right? Yeah. You go, but you just sat there and I'm like, God damn, this could really go wrong. <laughs> yes, it sure did. Like, hey, 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 what's up? Well, you know, we're from San Diego. Yeah. We do this show. What kind of show? Sports show? Oh, what kind of sports? Like, uh, I'm not even going to make that joke. <laughs> I'm not going to make that joke. And we just talked about it and the whole time. I was just like, oh, boy, this could be bad. But we got out of there and then. Remember, we were. Here's what's crazy. And that was. A, I don't even know how long we were there. Maybe three days. Mm -hmm. We There was one point we were smoking cigars with Mike Dicka. Remember that? And Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson. Yeah, Mike Dicka gave me his home number. Yeah. I still have it. <laughs> and then we asked Reggie if he'd come on the show, and he said no. Yeah. And we're like, really? He goes, no. 
And he had done radio in San Diego, and he didn't like how it went. And he's like, yeah, I don't don't do it. That's right. And who was... At uh, Caesars. We're at Caesars Palace. And the, whatchamacallit, the girl from uh, American Pie. What the fuck's her name? Shannon Elizabeth. She was there too. Yes. <laughs> what a crazy fucking she was great. three days. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have pictures with... I don't remember getting yeah. a picture with Shannon Elizabeth. No, no, we got them with Reggie and Dicka. Yeah. Yeah. Little Polaroids, and they signed them. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, fuck. Sorry, you won't come on, but shit, how cool to meet you. Was that the trip where we were there and Pete Rose all of a sudden steps in to make a bet? And you, uh, and you made a fucking... No. You, you pointed him out. Hall of Fame Pete. Yeah, you called him Hall of Fame Pete. No, that's when you and I were there with Kernan. Okay, that's right. For the Camacho fight. That's no, right. what fight were we there for? We were there for a fight. I was really drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, That's your great... Dave's greatest Vegas story... We are in Vegas. It was you, me, and Kernan. I cannot remember. We had gone there for a fight. And Dave, uh, we're in the Mandalay Bay. And Dave, it's like 11 in the morning. Palais starts ordering uh, strawberry daiquiris with no whipped cream. And like explaining to the waitress, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm like, God, <laughs> fuck. Too bad you're married. You would have got her a number. Chick loves hearing that intestinal stories. You fucking got your A game today. And uh, so Kernan and I are drinking Heineken's and Dave's drinking these and he's all fucked up and he gets up and he goes, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And you're gone for like literally half hour. Yeah. That's no joke. And Kernan might have been longer than that. Yeah. And Kernan's like, where'd he go? I go, just the bathroom. And Kevin's like, it's right there. I go, well, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, should we go look for him? Yeah, here's here's my thing when I start drinking that with the oh, bathroom. Let me thing. hear let me hear this. And this will be great for Alan Horton. Yeah. He'd love to hear this story too. Now, yeah, here's my thing with the with the bathroom as I've learned uh like maybe the first two or three times it happened to me. If I go to the bathroom and I'm pissing in a urinal, if you whoever comes next to stand next to me uh. while I'm going I will turn to see who's looking at me, but I will turn my entire body and just start peeing on you. Yeah, that's bad. And then, I, yeah, people been, don't like that. No, I've been punched in the face about three different times about it. I've been punched in Tennessee and L.A. at the Hard Rock <laughs> Cafe by the Beverly Center. Yeah, and in Vegas, I've been punched uh, all three places right in the face. And so, <laughs> I, I know no matter how fucked up I am, I got to go in the stall. Right. But then I can't figure out how to get the fuck out of the stall. Oh, I can God. always lock the door. You got door. Yeah, but I can't figure out how to get the fuck. I can't figure out how to undo the lock. And then I'm in there forever. So people are saying, dude, you've been gone like an hour or hour and a half. I'm always gone a long time. In my mind, it, it's five minutes. Right. Everyone always says, dude, you were gone forever. God. But I couldn't get the fuck. I can't so, figure out the sliding thing. So we're in the Mandalay Bay. And Dave's fucking hammered and he's gone. And because Kernan doesn't travel with you, he gets nervous. Yeah. And he goes, I think you should go look for him. And I'm like, God damn it. I have like a front row seat. And anybody goes to the book knows that the Mandalay Bay, you're not getting this seat yeah, back. That's true. I said to Kernan, don't fuck, because Kevin is this guy. Well, I'm on deadline. I got to go in the room and write. Eh. I write one 400 word column and I got to write all day. Yeah. So I said, don't fucking leave, Kernan. I'll be right back. And I don't get 50 yards away from this seat. And what do I, and it's not even noon. No. And there are two guys 
completely hammered in the Mandalay Bay at 12 noon. I mean, two that I run into. <laughs> Dave and the late, great Macho Camacho. Yes. And you two fuckers are talking to each other and laughing and having a great time. And you're like, Macho, Macho, this is my friend Jeff. And I'm like, if I lost my fucking seat because of this shit, <laughs> I, I go back, I told Kernan, I go, go look at that asshole. <laughs> and then, like, David finished two drinks, and this was the other fucking great thing about that day that I just forgot. He comes back, and he's all excited because he just met Macho Camacho, and he looks down, who took my drink? How about the fact? They're free. I don't speak Spanish. God. Well, he doesn't. Yeah. he. Do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even remember. Yeah, I thought he like, didn't speak no. English and I didn't speak Spanish. No, it wasn't Julio, <laughs> Julio Cesar Chavez. Camacho's from fucking, I mean, he's Puerto Rican. But I he can't grew- remember one bit of that conversation. Yeah. At least I introduced you as my friend. Yeah. But then Dave comes back, who took my drink? Like, well, you finished your second one, which we're proud of you because they're four ounces each. And then she took the glass away half hour ago and you fucking staggered out of here. You dick. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you ten I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give you ten names of people that do shows together. Okay. And ask them if they've been through any of the shit that we have experienced on the fucking road. Okay? Yeah. A, if Ben and Woods go on the road, is there any chance that Steve Woods is going to get up and a very drunk Ben Higgins is conversing with Vinny Pazienza? No. No fucking chance. No. They're going to go to Blue Man Group. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, uh, Craig Elston, John Gennaro. No. Uh, Darren and Marty. Now, and, and I said guys. Not yeah, a I don't, yeah, I don't think. Mark, I'm just saying yeah, people that do radio together. No. Jeff and Jer. No way. They aren't doing what we're doing. Rickards and Chainsaw. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what Rickards Chainsaw, is like. Chainsaw would be great. Yeah. I think Rickards is ri- stiff. Like he just want to do the show, nah, go back was, to the room. He's just, Dave's just kind of, Dave's really fucking cool. Dave's a really, really good guy. But Dave's not, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. My guess would be that Dave's not, yeah, Dave's not getting fucked up and no. talking to Macho Camacho. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I don't think Cookie is either. Mason in Ireland? No. No. No, Ireland's always going to watch what's going on. Do you know He's who may? Job. I'll tell you the two guys that may. Go ahead. Now, I know you're expecting me to say Fred Rogan and Rodney, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, Petros and Money may. Yeah, they could. Those two fuckers yeah, may get. Petros is crazy. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Am I missing? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you my other guy. Uh, Jonas. Oh, yeah. Jonas Knox will do anything. Jonas will fucking do anything. Yeah. That would be a guy. Yeah. Uh, Mike Harmon and Jason Smith would probably do it. Mike Harmon's great. That's funny as hell. But there's not many of those guys where you go, I think Dan's group gets pretty fucking No, most radio hosts don't get along with each other. Not saying that the guys we, we mentioned don't get along, but that was one of the biggest things that always surprised me when I started in radio, that guys right. didn't get along. That off the air, it was like, hey, we are not friends. <laughs> yeah. When they booked us for a road trip, yeah, um, Mike and Judd would probably have fun. 
Yeah. The funny thing about Costa is it, it, it always made me laugh. We we're always warned on any trip we ever went on. Don't go crazy expensive shit. Right. And he'd get like lobster. He bisque. always, always got the most expensive parking and the most expensive yeah, restaurant. What a dick. When we went to the Super Bowl, you and I parked fucking two miles <laughs> right. away. Right. Costa parked like right on the sidewalk in front of the convention center. <laughs> right. What a fucking ass. $85 a day. You and I are eating fucking Chipotle, and that fucking we guy's are. eating lobster and steak. Expensive the yeah, shit out of it. Didn't think twice. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Jesus, man. Yeah. Every time. The funny thing is, when we were in San Francisco, I thought we, we kind of got fucked how far we had to walk, and then Joe Theismann was in the room right next to us. Joe was there. Joe was at the hotel. Holy shit. That is fucking great. That is too fucking funny. All right, let me knock through some of these, and I, right. I got a, a question for you about the NFL that, that will make your head spin, okay? All right. First, I want to mention Alan Taylor over at Taylor and May Pools. Alan Taylor and Taylor May Pools have been in business in San Diego for more than 20 years. We talk about that perfect pool all the time. The weather's been extremely warm. It's cooling down a little bit now, but who knows? The way the weather's going, you never know when you're going to wish you had that pool. Now is the time to call Alan. Make sure he starts construction on your brand new pool as soon as possible so you can start having those great spring and summer nights. Be ready to go. Again, before you buy that perfect pool, you call Alan Taylor. He'll walk you through the 3D designs. Make sure that everything you possibly can imagine is right there in your backyard. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Dave, it's funny. You mentioned on the really warm nights how great it would be to have a tailor-made pool, but I was having a conversation with my son on the way down here, and we were talking about how much fun it is during this time of the year in the fall, when you get that chill yeah. and you get that cold kind of chill in the air. And we were talking about that when I was there, he and I occasionally would go down and you fire up the jacuzzi and you get that jacuzzi super warm and you just hang out. We loved hanging out. You'd be there in the hot tub, but like your shoulders, you could feel the the kind of that chill that fall air yeah it's great while the rest of your body is comfortable and how great would that be to be for your backyard it just goes to show you that there's never an off season for having a tailor-made pool they're absolutely gorgeous you can build it the next thing you know holidays are coming up shit we're just a couple of weeks out for thanksgiving christmas is right around the corner i have a kid's birthday coming up this weekend and if you have a tailor-made pool you don't have to worry about going to the amusement park or doing any kind of things. Man, you just say, hey, everybody, come over. Come yep. over. The pool's fired up. Everybody's going to be jealous of it. And like I said earlier, if you haven't closed the deal already with the girl at the Shell Station because you know 3812 <laughs> on pump seven will round you up to 40, you tell her you got a tailor-made pool in the backyard, and guess what? Next thing you know, you're on your way to the store because she's going to need another key. It all starts with the tailor-made pool. I know a guy who says this is his move when he starts going out with girls. He gets right. him into the pool as soon as he can. He gets him into the pool or the jacuzzi. Okay. And the line he always uses is, hey, we could go out, but I want to be able to talk to you. I won't be able to hear with all the music or the people yeah. around us. But in That's reality, he wants to see what he's working with to see if she's worth the money. Got to get her in the, in the bathing suit as fast as possible. Yeah, see what's going on down yes. there. Exactly right. Well, it's probably working for her too. Yeah, no he, kidding. He may go from being 
uh, you know, Mr. Universe and Mr. Puniverse real quick. Also, Dan Williams. Dan Williams is your guy you want to talk to. Talk about being able to afford that pool. He'll tell you exactly what your finances are. And if a pool is in your future at the same time, make sure that your finances match what you need for the rest of your life. Call Dan Williams at 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Dan is your guy. Again, fantastic. One of the best calls you could possibly make to know if your money is going to last a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Make sure you give our friend Dan a call. I had... Tim Conway Jr. on tonight, driving down. I know you're never out at night, but that show on KFI is so good. And he was talking about the homes in Brentwood that have been recently you know, in yeah. danger with the Getty fire. And he was saying, and these were the numbers that he was saying, and I don't know, pretty bright guy. I don't know any different. He said, what people don't remember about the fact that you have a, he said, $43 million home in Brentwood is that you're paying 43,000 a year in property taxes. And it's what kept me from buying that home. Yeah, I that's was what like you told me. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck. I need that 43,000." Yes. Cuz it's going to fucking keep me in Kopi. That's how much I spend a year in fucking dip in Crown <laughs> Royal. But when you buy a house, yep. It's not just the price that you see it's all the other things that come with it that you never think about. It may be your direct TV bill, which was very funny today on social media. It could be the gardener. It could be any of these different things. You got to put furniture in it. And then, goddamn, if that Dan McAllister, every time we see an envelope from that asshole, right? Yeah. Fuck you, Dan. Didn't I just write you a check? Well, guess what? You're going to say fuck you to Dan McAllister and you're going to say thank you to Dan Williams because Dan Williams is going to have your financial plan in place so that when the property tax comes around, you're going to be out back in that tailor-made pool playing beach volleyball with the Landers sisters. And next thing you know, <laughs> oh, Dan McAllister, cut the check. Let's go. Come on. We're tied at 30 here. I don't have time for that shit. Just write the check. <laughs> Dan Williams showed me how to do it. Starts with the call, 858 688 Audrey, are you on my team? No? I have your sister, Judy? Perfect. I got to give Dan's number. 858-688-6813. Lander sisters right now, Dave, if they said you're coming over, you're still going, right? Yes, of course. Probably Judy more than Audrey, but still, <laughs> either way, it's a win. 858-688-6813. Speaking of those fires, you see that thing about LeBron James because he had to be uh, oh, evacuated. Man. Said he couldn't find a place to stay oh, last man. night. <laughs> if LeBron James knocked on your door and said, hey, can we stay at yes! your place? Everybody would say yes in LA. Come on in. So damn funny. Did you see he sent the taco truck for the first responders? I thought that was great. That was cool. That, I thought that was great. That was absolutely cool. Again, uh, Brian Curry is your guy for selling real estate all over San Diego for more than 20 years. He's the guy winning all the awards. He's the guy that knows San Diego County better than anyone else. If you're interested in moving, if you're interested in purchasing the next home of your dreams, Brian Curry is your guy. He's the guy I'm using right now. 619-251-1588. 619 619- Two five one one five eight eight. It's one of the things, Dave and Brian and I were there. We looked at the house. It was beautiful. It had been owned by the late great Linda Evans. Yes. And I just said, "Shit, BC. I don't know that I want to write a check for forty three grand a year." So we finished our Chardonnay. We moved out the door. But it's one. <laughs> 
That did not happen. None of the above happened. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, look, there's so many fun things about buying a house, but number one is you have to make sure that it's the right house. You have to make sure you're going to know the neighborhood. You're going to know the schools. You're going to know the traffic pattern, all those different things. I was just talking to my ex about our neighbor who lived upstairs. Yeah. And this guy is just the coolest guy in the world to the point that he will make a Costco run or make a Target run and he will text her and say, hey, I'm here. Older guy, retired guy. Hey, I'm here. Do you need anything? And cool. it's just cool neighbors, man, where music is playing and they're nice to your kids. It makes such a difference because all of us have had that asshole neighbor. Sure have. And it can ruin the experience. Well, that's kind of the cool thing about working with Brian Dave. He can't guarantee that the people living next to you are going to be perfect, but he's going to get you pretty damn close. So you're going to make sure that the house is right, the neighborhood's right, the school district is right. He's not just in it for the commission. He's in it for you. That's why we love him. Give Brian a call. Absolutely. Also, Kyle Fluger, again, he's the guy to help the websites. He's the one that's done ours. He's done the DaveAndJeffShow.com jakesprojects.org and money's been coming in this week and we're very proud of the website uh kyle 619-500-6621 619-500-6621 uh talk to al horton today had a long talk with him and glenn geffner both of those guys are excited because they want to start the miami and minneapolis branch of jailbabes.com that we're bringing back <laughs> And um, uh, uh, Jojo Tarantino, Yes, he said he's in for Peoria. Bunch nice. of women prisons down in Peoria, Arizona. So Jojo Tarantino is going to step right up. So we're really excited about that, that we're going to be able to expand. But it's going to have to start with a beautiful new home and look for it coming in 2020, if not 2021, the relaunch of jailbabes.com. And the only guy that I knew that I trusted with telling these girls stories while putting them in the most beautiful light is our guy, Kyle Fluger. Yeah. I mean, you can have a website where yes. there's, what do you want to see a fucking deer in the meadow? <laughs> Boring. <laughs> right. You want to see a picture of Antoinette and realize what the fuck did she do to her baby daddy? Exactly right. And as long as she feels sorry about it, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Hey, you could probably take her down to Sonic. And then whatever happens is up to you guys. But with branches in Peoria, yes, Miami, Minneapolis, and our home base of San Diego, Kyle Fluger is going to help us. And my thanks to Glenn, to Alan, to JoJo that have all stepped up and said, hell yeah, I'm all in on Team Jail Babes. Nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's fantastic. Did I miss anybody? No, I think you got From it. From our out-of-state guys? <laughs> I think you carried it pretty good. All right, that's good. All right, here you go. NFL question for you. Two uh -huh. things. One is, yesterday a huge story came out that, and this is Adam Schefter who said it. So when Adam Schefter says it, you go, oh, that's, not, that's not crazy stuff. That's usually because he's pretty well informed. Yeah. The odds are Tom Brady returns to the Patriots next year isn't likely. Uh, how about that? Yeah. So Tom Brady, obviously you hear a lot of, he's going to the Chargers. Uh-huh. Tom Brady, let's say, we'll play the game. Tom Brady, let's say, signs with the Chargers. What does that do for season tickets of that new stadium? Uh, hmm. I don't know at that age, Dave, if he moves the needle that much. See, that'd be interesting. And here's here's what's interesting to me is that remember, and you and I, we, we don't remember. We were we hell. I don't know if we were alive when Johnny Unitas 
came to the Chargers. He had nothing in the tank. Joe Namath no. went to the Rams, had nothing in the tank. Yeah. But Tom Brady, considered the greatest of all time, mm -hmm. comes to the Chargers. Are the Chargers a better team? Does that change what the Chargers are? Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. I don't know what they put around you. I think next year the Chargers played the Patriots too, by the way. Yeah, I like the I like what you said the other day about going to Tennessee for Vrabel because they're buddies. Yeah, yeah, and Tennessee's team's not terrible, and the conference the division's not bad. No, I I I don't think he leaves. Do you think Philip Rivers is a Charger next year? Uh, I don't. I think he's gone. It would I think, be interesting if they changed teams. If the Patriots needed a guy and went to Rivers, I don't think they'll do that either. I don't think. No, I think Rivers is starting to show. And I saw everything, read everything, right? I get it. The O-line has been a disaster. Yeah. Really, what, what really fucked this team up was Melvin Gordon coming sure back. Did. I mean, they were going fine with Eckler. Uh, but injuries, right, to Pouncey and, and the rest of the line. But, man, they – River, and then you blow out Wisenhunt, that whole thing. Now, is, here's the deal with that. Okay, so uh -huh. hunt has gone. Why don't they go at this rate? Hey, Philip, you're going to be the offense coordinator. Yeah, call the plays. Just cause if Terry Bradshaw could fucking do it, oh, yeah. you, you do it. You don't tell me that Philip Rivers doesn't know more of what's going on than the quarterback's coach. Why doesn't Rivers yeah. just call it? Yeah, why isn't Anthony Lynn calling his own plays? Exactly right. Like, Just do it. That's what Norv did. Yeah, to me, that's the way that they should have gone. I mean, you have a yeah. guy that's as experienced as anyone else when it comes to calling offensive plays. Why don't you let Rivers do the feel of what he thinks would work at this time? Do you know what I think it is, Dave? I think Joe Flacco was so spot on with his comments the other day, and all of a sudden now he has a neck injury yeah. and he's not going to play. He's suspended, basically. Yeah, but when Joe Flacco came out and said, we're 2-6, and six, yeah, and we're playing scared, I think every team, uh, not every team, but but I think there's a handful of teams, and I think the Chargers may be one of them, where they just play scared. And I felt like that about that team when they were down yeah. here. I thought Norv and McCoy played scared 90% of the time. And I liked what Flacco said. Let, just let us play the goddamn game. Just let us play. And then uh, all the talk about Trubisky and, uh, like, putting blame on Trubisky. A fucking kid. That's your job. Yeah, make like, the kick. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to laugh when people would kill Norwood. What was Norwood? 48-yarder? Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good fucking field goal. This kid the other day had a 43-yarder to win the game at home with the win. And fucking Matt Nagy, oh, I, I do it again a thousand times. Bullshit. Yeah, they need to make the same mistake. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. There are just certain teams in this league that you watch them and you go, they kind of play scared. And, and for me... Been a pretty bad team offensively. Not a whole lot of confidence. Didn't shock me that Wisenhunt got blown out. Talked that there had been tension between him and Anthony Lynn. I don't know anything about that. You and I haven't been on that beat for a while. But I just, uh, man, that team's chasing straws right now, right? They absolutely are. Someone asked me this question yesterday. I thought it was a pretty good one. Or grabbing straws, sorry. There, there's uh, The question was, when you look at certain quarterbacks in the league, whether it's mm -hmm. Brady, it's Rodgers, Breeze, even Mahomes, there's a fear factor before you even play the game. Yep. Like, you're going against those guys. Has there ever been a fear factor going against Phillip Rivers? Mm. Uh, I think on that team, I think on that team that was 14-2, and two, 
and maybe maybe if you look back a year before, a year after, probably, probably. So I wonder. I know we as you know we're so close to it that I think we're all fans. We like him as a person so much. Yep. That you sit there and go, well, he's a guy that knows the game, and you feel like he's one of the smarter guys out there. But it is there that fear factor of Rivers is going to beat you, or even that fourteen and two team that was LT's team. Yeah, it was LT's team, but he 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 deserved credit. Um, not a Hall of Famer. I stand by what I've said for a while. Not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but pretty, pretty, pretty strong. Pretty strong career for that guy. <clears throat> um, just for me, a solid, solid B-plus quarterback. But to me, you got to be an A to get into the Hall of Fame. I'm with you. you got to be an A player. But I think he's just, if things were to change and you start winning some playoff games and you start winning big games. Yep. Um. I, I don't think that grade's written in pen, but for me right now, if he gets in, I, I just I don't put him in the same category as the other guys from his own draft class, uh, much less the, the greats of the game. All right, before we get out of here, do you got a nephew of the day from either coach or uh, or coach or a butler? No, you know, Dave. For me, I'm gonna end it this way. Tomorrow is the one year anniversary of the day we lost Jake. And I have thought about him a lot today. I have thought about your family a lot today. And I just remember a year ago tonight, we were here. It was a Monday night. Yep. And I told the story about how October 30th had always been thought of as the worst day of my life because I almost lost my son, Jack. And how just a couple of days before that, I had had a conversation with Jack and, and he said to me, he's like, why is that the worst day of your life? Like you always say it's the worst day of your life. And I go, fuck man, you know, you almost died. I almost lost you. And he's like, we know they were wrong. Right. And I just remember a year ago on the 29th at the end of the show, we talked about how it was going to be Jack appreciation day the next day. And yep. Jack and I, I was going to go pick him up was not taking his brother. I was taking him to Outback. And I literally, I mean, outside of cigars and beers, it was going to be a guy's steak night. And my whole plan that day was to tell him um, what he meant to me and how lucky I am to be his dad. And I will never forget driving on the 805 and getting a call from Josh and saying uh, uh, that Jake had passed away. And... For a couple of <laughs> brief minutes, less than 24 hours, the vibe of the 30th for me had changed. And with that phone call, it immediately went back to being what it had been for the previous 11 years, which had been a horrible day. And just for everybody that is out there that has been incredible to this show for the last year, uh... For me, I thank you because for those of you that knew him and loved him, you can understand what that void is. Um, for those of you that only heard stories about him, man, with all due respect, you can't, you just can't imagine. No, you you can't, can't imagine what he meant 
to the people that he was closest to and everybody else. But even saying that, Dave, I don't have a prayer. And honestly, I never want to know what it's been like for your family for the last year. I always tell people, the kids, don't think about it too much. It's too scary. Yeah. But he was like, I don't have nephews. I don't have nieces. But those guys like were uh, they were surrogate sons to me and watching them grow up and just how close I had gotten to him. And I've told you that a million times that 2018 was the year in a lot of ways he changed from just being your kid to being my friend. Yeah. And I legitimately miss him every day. And at the level that I miss him, I can't even imagine what it's like for the people that live under this roof. So just understand from everybody, whether they bust your balls for your shitty selection in teams that you follow or your shitty jerseys that you buy and wear like a fucking douche. <laughs> uh, just understand that not only today and not only tomorrow, but every day afterwards as we try to find a way to... We'll never fill that void, but we'll try to manage that void because that is 100% what he would say. Uh, just know that we are all with you tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of the way. And for that fucking kid... I swear to God, man, I miss that fucking guy because it's just the energy that he brought as he fucking sat right there. And it would have been great to fuck with him about the Dodgers and all his bullshit that he would have said. But he would have been excited about the Raiders and he would have been excited about the Lakers and all that other shit. Man, there are just days when I drive down here, and I'm, I I can't imagine. I just I can't believe he's gone. So for tonight and for tomorrow, keep Dave, keep Rita, keep Josh, and most especially keep Jake in your prayers because we miss him very much, and he is loved, and he will never be forgotten. You know, um, it is so strange. I mean, I tell you, on uh, September 26th on his birthday, it was crazy hard. Yeah. It's so nuts and it's been so heavy this week that, you know, to think back a year tonight was the last conversation I spoke to my son. Right. And it just is devastating. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so sad. It's so hard on, on my wife and for Josh and me and, and friends like Jeff and, and so many people have been so great, you know, but, um, it's been, uh, it, it's been bad. It's, it's, it's been as bad as you can possibly imagine. Not going to go. Uh, too much into it there was a, a song i was looking for um it's funny there's a lot of songs that come up i think of yeah. jake it, it's kind of funny jake wasn't a country music fan he he did like uh chris stapleton which yeah. was funny because i remember i had tickets to go see uh chris stapleton um a month before and he says hey i'd go to that concert with yeah. you and it was a song called broken halos the best and Chris Stapleton said he wrote this song for, for basically kids that lost their lives too soon. I thought it was interesting. That was one of Jake's favorite songs. Um, it's a song that's out now, and and I know a lot of people think about it when they hear the song. It's a Luke Combs song. It's called Even Though I'm Leaving. I'm not going to uh, play it tonight because I can't figure out how to put it on, on the computer to put it on the show. But the, the, the song, even though uh, it, it says, even though I'm leaving, the reason I, I think of that song, it's really popular on the radio now if you happen to hear it. When I went back to work, working Monday through Friday, and Jeff has told a story that for two years, I, it was just Jake and me. From 2016 yeah. to 2018, Jake was fighting you know, different battles with depression, and he needed to be on my side. You've heard me say it on, 
on the show. He was with me at baseball games. He was with me walking around the house. He was just any conversation he could have just as an excuse to talk to me or be with me or Jeff and I would get ready for the show or after the show, he'd be right here to talk to Jeff just uh, to be around people he felt safe with. And he said to me before I went back to work, don't go. He goes, yeah. I'm not ready. And I said to him, I go, you're, you can do it. I said, I, you know, I've been with you for two years. I need to go, go back to work. And he begged me. I mean, he cried right in my face and said, you know, please don't go. Um, basically he wasn't sure what was going to happen. And, uh, the, the song hits it. And, um, again, it's when I hear it, man, it brings tears to my eyes because I can see my son crying, begging yeah. me not to, not to leave him. And it's, uh, it, it's been, it's been tough. A lot of regrets, you know, and, and I see pictures on Facebook all the time. I've said this to you and I've said to some other friends, when your kid leaves for sixth grade camp and you miss them on that Monday or her on that Monday and they come back on Friday and you feel like that was the longest week of your life as a parent to know that I'm never going to see him again is, is just, just suffocating. And I know tonight's going to be one of those nights. I'm probably not going to sleep a bit. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I was even thinking, what am I going to do to pass the time? I might just go up in his room and just lay right in the bed where right. he laid his last night in the bed. But it's, cool. um, it's, uh, it's, it's been sad. Again, I appreciate a lot of people willing to hear the story over and over again. It's therapy for me, for the people who follow me on social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes you might look at it and go, enough. You, don't, you just don't understand. It's the only way. I don't I, think anybody. Not to I interrupt hope not. you, Dave. I don't, nobody. I, I would just. I, I want you to finish, but I got to tell yeah. you two things. I, I hope you don't carry the burden of going back to work. Uh, I can say it all day. I know you well enough. But but the other thing is too. Please don't ever think the people that matter in your life that sit here empty-hearted on behalf of a family that means so much to them. Anybody that would ever even think that. I just think people want some indication that the left foot's moving in front of the right foot. And if they see it in the stories or whatever, I think if it brings you comfort, it brings them a little bit of comfort showing that you're keeping up the good fight. So, so don't let thoughts like that trickle in your head. I appreciate it. And uh, again, thanks to everybody that lets us do this show and listen to these stories. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same my Sarah.
Don't go looking for the reasons. Don't go asking Jesus why. We're not meant to know.